102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And ZZ Top with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Uh, I'm just pulling up the weather here right now. And it looks like it's going to be uh, sunny. I don't know. No, that's not that's not for here. <laughs> you know what? It's Monday. It's we only got three days to work. Uh it's yeah. going to be like a mix of sun and clouds. Whatever. You got it in front of you, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you want me to do it? Sure, why not? It's a mix of sun and clouds. High of 37. It's about 30 degrees right now. Uh, after 7 o'clock, we're going to talk about uh, sports with, with Scott Cohen. Oh, and, nice. uh <laughs> I don't know how much you really want to talk about the Patriots yesterday, but... I'd rather talk about the World Cup. Please. And that Minnesota game over the weekend. Yeah, I know. We'll talk about all those things with Scott Cohen and more. And there's also some stuff going on at the South End Community Center. We'll talk to Executive Director Wesley Jackson uh, a little bit later on this morning. It's 5.35 on Rock 102. This week, it's a... Th- Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 5.50 and the police with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be mostly sunny with a high of 37 today. Tomorrow, more of the same. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert on all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, Avatar 2 uh, is making waves with a $134 million domestic debut. How about that? Huh? That's uh, pretty good for our first, uh, first week, I guess. Actually, it's horrible for a James Cameron film. It didn't make quite as big as a splash as many assumed it would, but is. uh budget spectacle still helped breathe life into the box office this weekend. Again, $134 million from the North American theaters and $300 million internationally. They were they charging $20,000 per ticket. But they weren't. Though. See, uh, they were expected to make like $800 million. That well, wasn't going to happen. I'm sure that's what they were expecting to make, but I got to tell you, uh, I'm parsing out my entertainment dollar around the holidays. As of now, they just made the money back almost. Almost made the money back of how much it cost to make that movie. It cost $350 million to make. Well, they should, they should barely be complaining. I they got plenty of time to break even. Uh, the film faced pressure uh, of following up the highest grossing film of all time over a decade later and the daunting task of propping up an exhibition business that's still far from normal. I've, I haven't seen the first one, did you? The, yeah, and it, to be honest, it's not so good where you say, boy, I, I sure hope they expand this storyline. Yeah. It's like you see it once, okay, that's it. Well, you I'm, know what? I'm pretty good with that. Maybe over the holidays I'll watch uh, Avatar and try to catch up with that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Shirley Eichhardt, the singer-songwriter who supplied songs for Cher, Emmylou Harris, and Murray Chet Atkins and found a lasting fame penning Bonnie Raitt's Grammy-winning 1991 hit, Something to Talk About, has died. She was 67 years old. Her publicist said Eichhardt died Thursday at Headwaters Healthcare in uh, Orangeville, Ontario due to complications from cancer. The blues rock smash, Something to Talk About, was written in 1985, and Eichhardt had offered it to Murray and other artists who all declined it. Then Why? Years, years later, Bonnie Raitt leaves a message on iCard's phone going, hey, I just recorded that. And then she wins a Grammy for it. 
Isn't that weird? You hear that some, uh, sometimes where like uh, like a bunch of people will say, no, nah, I don't want to do that song. And then somebody finally does it or does it again. And it's a smash hit. Like, for example, what? when Dolly Parton wrote, I will always love you. It was no yeah. big whoop. Whitney Houston does it. Biggest hit of her career. Yeah, but it's all in the perception of who sings it. You know, no, I, maybe I, maybe Emmy Lou Harris got something to talk about, and she's like, I, "I can't do this. I'm not. I'm not that, you, you know, uh, upbeat, if you will." You know, I think it's responsible on the artist part to say, "Yeah, this probably isn't for me." And Bonnie Raitt's like, "God, I can't even afford bus money. I better record <laughs> something right now." You see what I'm saying? No, I see what you're saying. Just strange that great songs wind up being cast aside until someone figures out how great it is. I, I'm more upset that the songwriter doesn't get more credit for writing the song. You know, like Bonnie Raitt. Everybody thinks she wrote the song until you find out until this woman dies. Yeah, that's the problem when they say you've made it your own. Yeah. it's You haven't made it your own. The lady still got checks, though. She's still got royalty checks. I'm sure she's still got checks, but... You're a songwriter. Yeah. You, get a, you get a big fat cut of that. Yeah. Wouldn't she be like, I'm Bonnie Raitt, and I'm Emmy Lou Harris, and I'm that other guy I was talking about. Can't remember all the people that she wrote songs for. Right. Oh, Ann Murray. I wonder if she wrote Snowbird. If only. A new book puts forth the rather preposterous theory that it was Nicole Brown's parents who framed O.J. Simpson for her murder. The recently published book, not to be confused with If I Did It, Confessions of the Killer by O.J. himself, is titled The Sealed Envelope, Who Framed O.J. Simpson for Their Murders, How They Did It, and Why They Got Away With It. I hope to God this book is being put in the fiction section of of Barnes & Noble. Everything we've been told since 1994 is a lie. A lie created by the killers of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman after executing their carefully planned murder plot a lie knowingly adopted and promulgated by a corrupt and complicit district attorney's office who had proof of O.J. Simpson's innocence on the very first day of the homicide investigation. Well, you know, he spent an awful long time looking for those real killers. And I don't think he's gotten very far with it. He didn't get anywhere with it. Uh, Morgan Freeman and Florence Pugh are starring in a movie called A Good Person, which was written and directed by Florence's now ex-boyfriend, Zach Braff. That looks like a humdinger of a movie. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, it was written and directed by my my ex. That's got to be a weird uh, gathering at the showing. Well, I mean, you make a commitment, you got to stick with it. Uh, Henry Cavill is going to star and produce a TV series adaptation of the miniature tabletop game Warhammer 40,000, because that's exactly what we need. (laughs) Was was, uh, Cootie and Don't Break the Ice unavailable? I I guess so. Jason Momoa is hosting a reality competition series about rock climbing called The Climb. It premieres January 12th on HBO Max, and uh, the trailer looks pretty damn cool. I don't believe that. You don't believe that? <laughs> it looks cool because he's involved in it, or it's because it's about oh, rock climbing? It's about rock climbing. You're, you, know, you see the, the scenes that they show in this thing, and the guy's like hanging like 400 feet off of a cliff. I think that's pretty neat. I guess. Duran uh, Duran, new edition, and BTS member J-Hope will perform, will perform in Times Square for Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. Will Dick Clark be there this year? N- in spirit. Actually, he's still he's still working on 
number seven from the countdown from eight years ago. <laughs> That's totally insensitive. And uh, Tre- Trevor Noah will host the Grammys for a third time this February. Oh, so that's what he's going to do with his time. But he's no longer on, yeah, he's no longer on The Daily Show, right? Uh, yes. I don't know if he's already off the show or announced he's off the show, but yeah, he's he's yeah. done with that. They said they were going to fill in with a bunch of guest hosts like Jeopardy. That's going to work out well. And uh, Kim Kardashian wore latex and leather to a family bar mitzvah. Really? Mm-hmm. She must have had something to say. Oh my God, the last time I ate this much latex was when Ray J stuck his Coney Island whitefish into my Beef Whiffington in that sex tape you can purchase on Uporn for $39.95. I love Beef Whiffington this time of year. Mm, wrapped in phyllo dough. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin? Well, I never got that done and dirty with your mother Chris Kim, but I once put the foot-long fudge bullet into the uh, and my man fat into the balloon knot. Well... <laughs> Well, a light bulb in the chamber of squelch. What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that soft-shelled tuna taco was trembling like a tasered slab of chopped liver. <laughs> and Kanye? I'm sorry. Um, due to the recent statements by Mr. West, he is no longer allowed on the program or with anywhere near the Kardashians. Hmm, okay. Well, we don't tolerate that kind of no, we crap don't. around here. We do not. And that's your Hollywood T-Rash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah! Every day we hear about local... Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 610 and Queen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 37. Tomorrow more of the same. Uh, and it's uh, 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Cohen will be joining us next hour. We'll be talking to him and with him about all kinds of calamities in sports, including yesterday's Patriots game and the World Cup. And the World Cup. And the World Cup. Don't cry for Argentina. They won. Did you uh, Did you sit around and watch it yes, uh, yesterday? No, I did not. I, uh, I really it was due to a giant lack of interest. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just decided, no, I'm not. I'm not going to turn on the TV at 10 a.m. to watch something that uh, I can just get the highlights from later. <clears throat> I watched a good deal of it. Did you? Yeah, I didn't watch the very beginning. I had to run a quick errand, but then came back and then uh, and watched the remainder of the game. And the thing is, uh, I'm I don't I'm not a soccer fan. Yeah, at all. In fact, the only time I've really any I I feigned any true interest. In soccer was when my kids were playing at a young age, you know that at that point you're know, like you go girls you go I mean yeah. you got you really get into it uh, in your folding chair and your your iced coffee full of schnapps and then you uh, and then you get through it and then you say oh this is so wonderful you guys won or don't worry guys it'll uh, next game you'll win. You ever wonder uh, when you go to a kids game like that how many people are carrying around booze in those cups that they're drinking? I'm going to say a substantial number of them are, which is highly irresponsible. Totally irresponsible. But fun. Fun, absolutely. But, you know, it's because we have such a limited yeah. grasp of the game here in the United States, I think sometimes that's the thing that seems to draw parents together. Yeah. Is is really just the booze and your kids are involved and that and that's and that's really all it's, there is. It creates camaraderie. Yeah, and but uh, but the game on, on Sunday was was phenomenal. Yeah. It was it, it was just such an, an exciting game. It was so well matched and you know, France came yep. back to tie things up, and uh, as as exciting as it was, I'm already off of it. But didn't they uh, they win on like a penalty kick? Yeah, they did the penalty uh, the penalty kick See, shootout. I don't think that, you, that should be that shouldn't be the decider. You should just keep playing until uh, one of somebody well, dies. They they did play extra time, right? But in order to 
speed the game up. Because, I mean, what happens is if you allow them to keep playing extra time, yeah, games never end. They yeah, go on forever. Eventually, somebody will win. Eventually, but you could be there for hours. So, it's the last game. It's the World Cup. You shouldn't be allowed penalty kicks in a World Cup. I know, but that's they 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 can't end in a tie, so they this is what they have to do. Yeah, this but is, all that build up and then all of a sudden, boom, it's over. I know, I know. With a penalty I, kick. Come I on. hear you. Well, but you know, but they get like you know the best of five, so mm-hmm. it's not like it does like one kick and it's over. It's like you got to get you know the best of five, and it ended fantastic and and uh, and good on on Argentina. And I'm sure there are many, many Americans that, that are debating whether or not they're going to become soccer fans now. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about this in my view from the couch next hour. I'm going to lay, I'm going to make a wager, one shiny new stropany, that uh, this will not change the Americans' point of view on soccer in the least. You know what it'll do? It'll probably increase the uh, interest in it for a little while. And then we'll go, and, and until another four years comes along, and then we'll go, oh, yeah, remember that? We're supposed to be paying attention to that. We're a very out-of-sight, out-of-mind type of country. If you were going to have one of these things every single year, yeah, I think that maybe people would have interest. But you're not going to have that. It's every four years, and the women play uh, theirs, I think, uh, in 2024. And then they uh, they do it, you know, they go on a four-year schedule also. I just don't think that Americans are ever really going to grasp this game, even as as awesome as yesterday's game was. I just don't think we're 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 not that kind of people. We got enough stuff to worry about. Well, we got the we got the Super Bowl, we, we got, got the, the World Series, you know, you March the, Madness, uh, just a few short months away. You got that uh, Stanley Cup thing. Yeah, you got uh, yeah, all yep. that. We stuff. We got two months. Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremonies. You know, in Connecticut, you got to take care of those. We got a lot on our minds right now. <laughs> Wait a minute! You're telling me I gotta travel an hour away to go see the basketball Hall of Fame enshrinement? No, enshrinement will be here. But if you want to see all the fun stuff, that's all. An hour you have away. to go. To, you have to go almost an hour away. Uh, I don't have enough material to talk about the World Cup for uh, another six or seven minutes. Um, but uh, over the weekend, I I, did, I I made Christmas cookies. You did? Yeah, yeah. We we got together and we made some <laughs> Christmas cookies, and uh, I realized. I have a convection oven. Okay. I didn't I didn't realize how big of a difference these things are. Night and day. Yes. And uh you know, it's funny when you know other people own a home and they buy things for their home. Like I don't think I would have ever have bought a convection oven because I don't bake that much. Sure. Cuz I it sounds like it's a baker's uh, preference. Sure. It's, it's like, you know, it, it's it, it's one of these things I wouldn't have bought myself because they're very expensive. Sure. But it's there, and I use it, and I don't think I'm using it to its full potential, and I also don't know really how to use it. I put in uh, cookies, and I follow the recipe on the back of the bag, you yeah. know, the Nestle Total House cookies, and it says 375 for 9 to 11 minutes. You can't, and, and then they came out burnt. At about eight minutes, because you had convection on. Yes, but I like I didn't understand that. I didn't understand what that was until I had to do research about it. Going, hey, if you have a convection oven, you got to cut everything down by twenty five percent, which means you got to do extra math. Yeah, which I don't really know how to do. Of, so of course they're you like don't. three. They're like cut it down to three fifty and take them out at six minutes. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah, really? 
it's that much hotter inside the oven? No, it's not hotter. It's still the same temperature. The thing is, with a convection, it's, there's fans blowing that hot air around. Whereas in a regular oven, it's just hot air just sitting there. It's not blowing around. What? So if the air is blowing around, that does what? Then? It cooks more evenly around the thing you're cooking. Okay. So there's not hot spots within the oven. It's uh, it, you know, it just it just moves the heat. Why aren't all ovens just made that way then to evenly distribute the heat? Because then everybody would have to reduce their time by twenty five percent. I don't, I don't understand. Like I, I'm 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 like a dumb kid. I don't yeah. understand how this thing works. If three seventy five is still three seventy five, no matter which way you slice it. Not if you're blowing the hot air around. That's what I'm saying. I don't get that. It's Wait. science, Steve. It's science. I can't claim to know how it works any better than you do i just know that with the convection oven it's blowing the hot air around and if you're not careful you're gonna burn your stuff i have a uh i had a dozen burnt cookies and then uh you know the kids wanted to make uh they wanted to make big let's make big cookies okay so i tried that those burnt too of course it was like it's like big hunks of uh then why, don't you Char. T- why don't you just turn the convection off? It's probably just a matter of a button, right? Yeah, I didn't realize you could do that. Yes. So I had to like go online and realize that there's another setting for this thing that I can push to make it a regular oven. Yeah. But then they say it comes out better if it's in a convection oven. So cut the time by the 25% and cut the, uh, you know. The, Who's the, to say it's really better? I don't know. You gotta, I don't know you who listen these to, people are. you got to listen to you and your kids. Are you going to listen to some... Dope online on a YouTube video. You got oh, you got a bunch of burnt cookies falling in directions to the T. Yeah. Obviously something's uh, amiss. Yeah, and then uh, and then uh, you know my girlfriend brings over these uh, you know the icings and all that stuff because then we made sugar cookies. Uh-huh. We did uh, sugar cookies. Which yeah, that was another thing that we weren't really sure on how to do. We bought the pre-made dough, the sugar cookies. You know the thing in the roll. Yeah, but then you really have to kind of like th- you you have to thin them out so. Th- so thin in order for them to keep their shape. Sure. Otherwise, they'll come out like they did when we made them with just big balls of puff. <laughs> I got no problem with big balls of puff. But then, uh, you know, so my kids and my girlfriend are decorating these cookies with the icing and stuff, and they're doing it really, really well. And I'm like, well, I, I, I want to be able to do it that well because mine always looks like, uh, you know, some finger paint from a three-year-old. Right. And uh, so I uh, <laughs> yeah. I come up with my own method and start decorating these cookies with the icing. Okay. And it's, uh, it's, it's working well at the beginning until they all realize I'm using Q-tips to spread the icing. And they said, you're using a Q-tip to spread the icing? You're going to get caught in the Yeah, you're going to get caught all over the cookie. And I said, well, I'm not going to eat these. They're burnt. You know, <laughs> they were just... <laughs> For decoration. Like, I thought that's what we were doing here. And uh, uh, they said, well, well, we don't, we will eat them. We, we don't want cotton in our in our cookies. So I uh, ruined the cookies even more <laughs> by putting uh, cotton Q-tips in them. Just tell them it's extra fiber. Yeah, uh, yeah, there you yeah, go. There you it go. is fiber. It is. Technically, uh, you're correct. I, I, I'm, I'm not good at that stuff. You know, I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm not really a baker because you got to follow too many directions. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just kind of wing it, see how I do. Uh, but I know that if you're not, if you're not used to using a convection oven, what you get are real dry, burnt cookies. 
But that means that when I cook a roast, it's gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do something different if I use it. Maybe I should just use the regular oven feature. You could you could dry out the meat if you're using convection and not adjusting for the time. And that makes sense because I made a prime rib a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I obviously was checking the temperature. And I was like, wow, this temperature shot up like 15 degrees right. within, uh, you know, like a, like a matter of five minutes. So I'm like, I better take this thing out. And luckily, the, the piece of meat was saved. But but had you gone with the normal directions. I would have burnt it. You would have burnt it or it just would have dried out. Yeah, I don't, I don't want that. No. I, they, they, all these rules. Everybody's got rules for everything. Yeah, but see, but for you, it's just a matter of pressing a button. Where you turn convection off, and then it's just a, a conventional oven. Yes, but it should be made more clear. Like there should be a sign on things like <laughs> "You're an idiot. You should need to. You need to." I believe that was yeah. all of the manual. Why don't you go Google what convection versus convention means, and then uh, come back and see us? <laughs> I just need little guidances like that. We yeah. can just put notes on everything. Well, here's my bigger question uh, to you: uh, burnt cookies aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's my platter of uh, delicious Christmas cookies? Uh, they're in uh, the dog's belly because uh, that's who ate the burnt cookies event. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, they're still they're still sitting on the counter. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm just and they won't be for long with the dog. Of he, course not, because he, he counter surfs. He can smell all the different ingredients. Oh, I smell eggs. I smell butter. I smell frustration from an old man who put this together. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I smell burnt char. Yeah. So uh, there you go. That's my uh, unexciting uh, Christmas cookie story. It's 622 with Bax and Nagle on Rock 102. The holiday. <laughs> rock 102, Springfield's <laughs> classic rock. It's 628 and Lenny Kravitz with Bax and Nagle on Rock 102. It's going to be sunny today with a high of 37. Tomorrow, more of the same. It's uh, 28 right now in downtown Springfield. So somebody just uh, sent me a good explanation as to how to figure out the difference between like a conventional and a convection oven. Yeah. Think about it in terms of like uh, like wind chill for heat. You know yeah. how it could seem a whole lot colder with yeah. the right wind chill, even though it's the same air temperature. Right. Same thing in an oven. It's the same air temperature inside, but because of the wind moving around, it seems hotter. And that's why you're burning your food. So I should put a face mask on the cookies. Yes, that's exactly in order what you're protected from the heat. No, you you just do a mathematical formula to figure out whether you're supposed to wear an extra sweater or take it off. Do you uh, base them with suntan lotion, like an SPF fifty? I or don't. A, no, you know, twenty five, perhaps. Uh, no, I I wouldn't. Uh, Is that how they get brown on the outside? I don't, <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but that's the way they do it. Well, uh, how about that? There I learn you go. something new every day. Always happy to help you, Steve. Always happy. To help. We got news coming up next to Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News. For- 632. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A man was shot multiple times inside a downtown bar in Holyoke Saturday night in front of other customers. I shot a man. What's your man got to do with me? I said I shot a man. I'm not trying to hear that, see? The victim is in stable condition after being brought to a local hospital by ambulance for treatment. Uh, Police were called to the Unicorn on High Street at about 8.45 p.m. for reports of a man shot inside the bar. When they arrived, they found the victim lying on the floor suffering from several gunshot wounds. The first arriving officers provided first aid, secured the scene, and called for backup. Uh, Currently, no other injuries have been reported, even though there were several patrons in close proximity to the shooting. According to police, the shooter walked out of the bar after pulling the trigger. He's described about being five foot nine 
and dark-skinned. He was wearing dark clothing. Police are asking anyone with any, any information or photographs or a video of the shooting to contact the Holyoke Police Department. The uh, shooting is under investigation by detectives from the Holyoke Criminal Investigation Bureau and the Narcotics Division. The uh, victim is the fourth shooting victim in the city in less than two weeks. All three crimes remain under investigation. Luis Ramos, uh, 49, was shot at about 8.20 p.m. on December 7th near the intersection of Pine and Sargent Streets. He was taken to a hospital and later died. Then on Wednesday, a man and woman were shot at around 4.30 p.m. on Maple Street. The two were transported to the hospital in a private vehicle and are recovering from their wounds. I was uh, I had to drive through uh, Holyoke yesterday. Uh-huh. And I get to, um, I think it's like the beginning of High Street. It's it's in like the whole donut used to be over there. I can't remember the name of that street. Oh yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? And yeah, I don't remember the name of the street, but yeah, up, I know what you're talking and about. And if you go up the hill a little bit more, like you're going back towards Route Five, there's a bar that's closed now called Spuds. It said Spuds on the outside. Okay. And I don't think I ever really noticed it, but I notice it now that it's closed. Probably because it has signs that say closed all over it. So they've made their closure kind of spectacular looking. Well, it's the grand closure. Come on down to the grand closure of Spuds and Holyoke. Do you ever do that? Yeah. Do you ever go to a, like a bar that's like close, like on its very last night? They like have that, but they have announced they're closing it, and you go there. I don't think I have. I went to one. This is years ago. So many years ago, they were they were, they were closing the bar. It was going out of business. And and uh, and you think well, you know, maybe you'll get like a like a free drink or something, you know, because uh, well, all that booze has got to go somewhere, right? Yeah. <sighs> I knew the owner of the bar, and around midnight or so, he said, "That's it. I'm not charging anybody for the rest of the night." So for two hours, he was just giving booze away like it was nothing—the most irresponsible thing you ever saw in your life. Oh yeah, absolutely. What a great night that was. You know, you know. Now that you mention that, I can't remember. I think I was like in Virginia Beach or something, and the guy was closing. They were going to be closing for a season. Yeah, and this was going back like twenty years ago. They were, they were going to close for the season, and so and it was a small little like uh, bar, like I was just talking about, like a spuds, you yeah, kind of like a little hole in the wall kind of thing. And uh, they were letting people, hey, we can't let this booze just sit here untouched until we open again and we have right. to redo our inventory, so go ahead and have at it. It was that kind of thing. I don't think anything was free. I think it was just cheap. I think it, they were yeah. just giving it away for like half the price of what they would normally charge. Basically. Still, still a pretty good deal. What a night, though. What and a night that must have been. Imagine like the, you know, it's the railroad salvage stores of uh, of bars. <laughs> I can totally see Ruby Vine and Choo Choo right. behind the bar. Yeah. Call, you know, rolling out a big line of shots for everybody. Absolutely. Police are uh, continuing to investigate the cause of a serious crash that left four people injured and one seriously in Agawam. That crash took place at around 9 p.m. on Friday on North Street near the intersection of Avalon Place. It caused the street to be closed for at least three hours. The uh, preliminary investigation showed a driver of the 1999 Toyota Camry was heading east and collided with a 2015 Ford F-350 heading west. All four occupants of the vehicles were brought to local hospitals by ambulance. The passenger of the Camry suffered serious injuries while the driver suffered uh, injuries that were not life-threatening. Um, the driver and passenger of the truck are believed to have received minor injuries. The Agawam Police is investigating that crash with assistance from the Mass State Police uh, Accident Reconstruction Unit. 
Uh, Thanksgiving each year comes with a grave warning from fire safety officials at all levels of government. It is, by far, the most dangerous day of the year for house fires. As uh, the holiday approaches, fire departments across the country demonstrate just how dangerous incorrectly deep frying a turkey can be. They, they, this is this is <laughs> the 22 News. Yeah, puts this story out about Thanksgiving fires to go into a story about the most dangerous days of the year for house fires. Okay, because it says Thanksgiving's not the only day that stands out for its uh, propensity to spark residential fires. According to data provided by the Mass Department of Fire Services, other holidays and other days of the year annually become active shifts for the fire departments responding to burning homes. Uh, according to the, let's see, uh, with cooking representing the leading cause of house fires, Thanksgiving is far and away the chief culprit. Between 2017 and 21, there were more than 600 Thanksgiving Day fires in Massachusetts, 87% which were cooking-related. Okay? Yeah. And after Thanksgiving... Here's all the top dates. December 24th. Christmas Eve. Yes. 326 residential fires uh, on Christmas Eve in that five-year span. Mostly electrical? They don't say. Mm. I would imagine yes, it probably would be. Probably would. Or people leaving candles burning. Stupid. December 25th, Christmas Day, pr- uh, proved nearly as dangerous in those five years. Firefighters responded to 323 fires on that holiday itself. December 31st, the shit... This is, a, this is the, the, how they describe this. The champagne is flowing. Anderson Cooper is taking shots on CNN, and no one notices the chicken wings beginning to smolder in the oven. There were 292 fires on New Year's Eve between 2017 and 2021. Mm-hmm. January 1st. The party has continued beyond 12 a.m. Wait a minute. Stuff's still on fire? They just put another batch in at 11.58. So firefighters responding to a burning building will log the fire as happening on January 1st. Well, yes, because it happened on January 1st. After Thanksgiving, it's the fourth most common day of the year for house fires with 256 in the same five-year span. January 15th. January 15th. Yeah. says, not every date with a standout volume of house fires is a holiday. There were 254 residential fires in Massachusetts on that date between 2017 and 2021. March 13th, 252 calls. Hmm. March 2nd, 251 calls. These seem so arbitrary. Like arbitrary dates just tossed out there for no reason. March 17th. That makes sense. Alcohol is a way of fueling unsafe situations. There were 248 home fires on St. Patrick's Day between 2017 and 21, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. It's also one of the deadliest days of year for drunk driving crashes. Right. You know, I'm not surprised by uh, by by uh, Thanksgiving, and not entirely surprised by Christmas. Mm-hmm. You're, you 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 uh, a couple of years ago you deep fried a turkey. You've yeah. done that a, a number of times. I saw a video of somebody <laughs> doing. Doing it in their kitchen. Okay, that's stupid. And what they did was, is they laid down cardboard on the floor. Mm-hmm. So if, if God forbid, there was grease all over the place, they just got rid of the, the cardboard yeah. and that was it. And of course, guess what happened? It, it set on fire. It set on fire. Yeah. You're I, not supposed to do that inside <sighs> of your house. The only time I did it inside anything was a friend's garage but the garage is huge. It's like one of those big, like, you know. But uh, even in a garage, I would think yeah. twice about it. Well, yeah, but you got to be smart about it. Like, we had the door. 
the reason why was because the wind was blowing around so much outside. So it wasn't that it was it wasn't we weren't just trying to it wasn't just trying to stay warm. You yeah. can't cook in those conditions. The wind will blow the the burner out on the bottom of the thing and I don't think it I think it takes a lot longer for the thing to heat up. This is where we this is my knowledge of science when it comes to blowing heat around <laughs> a yeah, pot you, of oil. You can understand that. But the difference between convection and, conve- and conventional, that's different. Yeah, see, I, I don't know nothing about that. But we put it right inside the garage. And it's like there's nothing combustible around. It was pretty far away. The ceiling's probably 30, 25 feet high or whatever. So it wasn't uh, – but you can't do that in, inside a structure. <laughs> of course not. And people are dumb about it. Like, they, like, like that's my biggest fear is like sparking a fire or something. And I still get scared when I put the turkey in. Well, because there's plenty of people that set yeah. themselves on fire doing it. Because if you don't defrost the turkey all the way and you still got icicles inside of there, that's going to... It gonna, explodes. It explodes, and then that spits the grease out the side, which then catches fire by the burner underneath. <sighs> this has really been an educational... Uh, well, it is eye-opening. Is it eye-opening, or is it stuff that we all should have known... Well, I kept my eyes open for most of it. And none of these things really, really make a difference uh, to the average idiot. No, I think an average idiot likes hearing about other people who are idiots. Uh, New policy on Twitter. You ready? Yes. Twitter has banned accounts promoting other social media networks. So, like, if you attach a Facebook link, hey, check this out, that's not going to be allowed. Really? Yeah. And they're just limiting it to like you know to to Facebook and Instagram. Yes, because if I shared something from say YouTube, which is in effect a social media, so far it's Facebook, Instagram, Mastodon, Truth Social, Tribal, Noster, and Post. Well, I know of two of those: Facebook, Instagram. That's it. Mastodon. I was looking into that over the weekend. I don't know that. I don't understand it. It's it's like you can sign up for it, but you have to know somebody who has a server for it, or or sign up on somebody else's server. The hell is that? I don't know. It's a little. I don't, that's sketchy. I don't really understand it, and I don't know what. Uh, well, I've heard of Truth Social, um, Tribal. Never heard of that. Noster and Post. Nope. I've never heard of those. Nope. Don't know any of them. So, well, at least I got three. You only got two. <clears throat> Yeah, well, for what's that worth? But I, I, I don't even I don't even use Twitter anymore. I'm I'm off the Twitter. Never really been on it that much. I'm off. I'm on it even less. Uh, there was somebody who created this because you're not allowed to share these uh, social media posts. But you know how you remember you used to be able to get like a bit link, like you can condense the link. Yeah. So it's just, it's just it masks it. So somebody came up with one. Hey, if you're uh, looking to you know share your social media post on Twitter by getting around it by putting it through this link thing, and it was something like um, f- fragile fragile snowflake twitter owner dot com. Like it was it was making fun of Elon Musk, <laughs> right? Because it was passing the algorithm through the uh, the, the filter. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, until they out. figure that out. But uh, I don't know what this guy is doing. Is he just trying to destroy it, or is he just? I think he's trying to destroy it. I mean, he he didn't go from being like a like a like a genius billionaire to being an idiot overnight. Although it seems to be what happened, but I think this there's got to be another agenda here. You know, it was also pointed out over the weekend, like you know, 
he he's he's kind of acting like a child. Yes. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the world, you're still miserable. <laughs> People will still be miserable no matter how much money they have. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make you happy. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be sunny with a high of 37. Tomorrow, more of the same. It's uh, 28 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 653 and the Rolling Stones, Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be mostly sunny with a high of 37. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 37. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Real quick, you ever miss a a part of the Bax and Nagel show? No big deal. Just go to uh, to rock102.com. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Spotify, and download the daily podcast. Also, this week I'm back to his musical podcast, a repost of my interview with Dave Wakeling from the English Beat. Real interesting interview that goes back to September of 2021. You can find that also on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, and on rock102.com. Sweet. Hey, uh, we got a couple of letters here. We do. Letters! Yay! Oh, we get letters, we get letters every day. Mailman, mailman, mail today. Hurry, try that and pull one out. Oh, letters, oh, we get letters. Letters from the budget, I would say. Oh, boy. Mailman, ding dong, mail today. Well, you got two here. One is uh, from the Hawkman. Okay. Good morning, Mr. Nagel. Please tell Bax to eat crow and give my raider give my raiders and you owe him money or something like that. He, you know, he's under the impression that we bet and yeah. we never bet. I'm a lover, not a better. I'm not a gambler. And he he's trying to, yeah. He tried paying me for a bet that we never made last year, and yeah. now he wants me to pay him for a bet we never made last week. Well, you know, I think you should just uh, stop welching on the bet and give him the money. I'm not welching on the bet. There's no bet. How much was it? There was no bet. Well, how much? I, what is he complaining about? I then? don't. He wants me to give the Raiders a little bit of love. Well, not with that garbage play uh, yesterday. That that uh, that 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 touchdown where the dude was clearly out, and then that garbage at the end of the game with all multilaterals. Please. So you welch on a bet when you think things are garbage. I'm not, not because... welching on anything, Steve. Well, I'm just trying to give you a guff about it. Yeah, I know all. you are. But you see, in order for me to bet, I have to agree to bet. That's part of the gentlemanly agreement of a bet. But if there's no bet, if I agree to nothing, there's no bet. I think we're going to have to dig into this a little bit more. I find out who is telling the truth here. I believe I'm telling the truth. I, I have a... I have a Remember just a little bit about a bet being made between you two. No, we made no bet. All right. Letter number two. Okay. You ready? Yes. This one, uh, anonymous, title, entitled F U. <laughs> right in the subject line. Right? Hello, my dear friends. F U. My wife and I have last Christmas stuck in our heads after listening to the podcast. Thank you. We love you guys, but you suck. Merry effing Christmas. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, that's too bad. Doesn't it suck when somebody plays this over and over and over and over again? How can you how can you not love the stylings of George Michael and the rest of the band? Andrew Ridgely, too. You can definitely hear his oh, influence. Andrew. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I give.
somewhat special. You're welcome, sir. You yes. are so welcome. You are mm-hmm. indeed. Scott Cohen joining us in a minute. It's 6.57 at Rock 102. This week, it's a Thunderbird Thursday with Bax and Nagel. Tune in around drive. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Winter Storm Headquarters, before and after the storm. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, the World Cup is over. And if you're like me, you probably waited until the very last moment to pay attention to any of it. Why? Because I am an American, and we Americans only like soccer if our kids are playing in it, and even then, it's kind of a mixed bag. And yet, in spite of all of that, the Argentinians and the French played one hell of a game. The kind of game that'll go down in history as one of the most stirring games in World Cup history. Going down the wire, only to see Lionel Messi and Argentina pull out a glorious win in a penalty shootout. Game had drama, intrigue, excitement, and an endless supply of thrills. Now... After being glued to my television during yesterday's World Cup final, I started asking myself some questions. Will this be the thing that turns the Americans around into finally embracing the most beloved sport in the entire world? Will the thrill of that game be the spark that turns us on to rabid international soccer fans? Will names like Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe become household sensations like LeBron or Tom Brady? These are all questions that lots of Americans must be wondering this morning, and the answer to all those questions is this. No effing way. Listen, yesterday's World Cup final was great, but the next World Cup doesn't happen for another four years. This would be like asking me if I become a fan of curling because I happened to watch it on the Olympics four years ago. Of course I haven't. And does Argentina's glorious victory over the French change my opinion about soccer? Good God, no. I'm every bit as apathetic today as I ever was. Sure, I enjoyed myself. I would even go so far as to say I was consumed with excitement. But between NFL football, basketball, baseball, and hockey, I got more than my share of sports to pay attention to. Am I going to go to a New England Revolution game? No, I am not. Am I going to start hanging outside Lusitano Field in Ludlow? Not unless it's something totally necessary. No, folks, the next World Cup happens in 2026, and I fully expect to completely lose interest long before that takes place. But hey, and never my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Get $25 in Rocky's cash rewards when you spend $125 at Rocky's. $25 to spend at Rocky's, it's free money. You probably have a few holiday gifts to get at Rocky's anyway, so get this offer now and get $25 in free Rocky's cash rewards. I'm back, so that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock.
like anything was possible Hit cruise control And rub my eyes The last three days And the rain was unstoppable It was always cold No sunshine Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 710. And Tom Petty with Bax and Nagle at Rock 102. Uh, sunny today and tomorrow with a high of 37. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. What a thrill to welcome back into the studio. Man of words and a man of letters himself. What are you doing over there? I'm hiking up my drawers, man. Your skirt, you mean? My skirt. Yeah. It's got Cohen. Good to see you, pal. Uh, good to see you guys, too. So I hardly know where to begin because uh, no matter where you start, you're yeah. landing on uh, something uh, remarkable. Let's let's start with the World Cup. Get that out of the oh, way. Oh, okay, fair enough. Because because uh, I think uh, you know shredding the Patriots will be uh, probably how we close this thing out. Okay. But, uh, but the World Cup is over. Argentina wins in a hell of a game against uh, France. Uh, a game that you know at one point you thought, well, that's it. This thing is over, and that thing wasn't over until the very last second. Not until the very last second. So, um, you know, listen, I I like I, I like soccer. Um, I'm not like a super- oh, you're the guy. I'm the yeah, me and me and this other fellow from Holyoke or from uh, Ludlow, I should say. No, I um, you know, the the Premier League is the best soccer league in the in the world, and you know, the, the games are on uh, NBC on the weekend sometimes. And I mean, I I I know who some of those teams are. So I was I've been watching the World Cup all the way through, and um, you know. It, I guess everybody kind of got what they want uh, yesterday. Um, Argentina, you know, Messi is the, you know the most one of the most famous soccer players in the world, and I think a lot uh, he scored, so that made everybody happy. Argent, I mean, they were it, it was it just really really worked out well. But so yesterday, I go to the worst house in um, Northampton. Okay, okay, that's the fourth satellite. Yeah, Fort, place up Fort there. North. Fort North. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was there. A uh, place was f- just packed with people. Packed. And um, saw the, you know, uh, watched the first half. It's 2 nothing Argentina. And I'm like, okay, this is all over with. You know, goals in <laughs> soccer come, you know, every every five years. So I, I went and I, you know, did my food shopping at uh, at Big Y. And I'm coming home and I looked, you know, Google the score. It's 2-2. And then exactly. I and then I I ended up watching the end of it at Fitzwillie's up up north and and the bar was packed there too. People were going nuts. It was great. You know I I I'm I'm not a big soccer fan. I, I got enough going on in my life where I just don't need to add one more sport sure. to my menu. Sure. But I mean, it was the probably the most compelling soccer game I've ever seen in my life. It was com- it was crazy toward yeah. the end when it, even when it was two two and when they were in the extra period, that both teams you know fighting off opportunities. It was nuts. I mean, to to for, like you say to come back from a two nothing deficit. That's like being it, down fifteen nothing uh, in in hockey or yeah. baseball, and or, or or being down by thirty three points at halftime in the NFL, <laughs> and then staging the most remarkable comeback. comeback in history. Yep, exactly. Yeah, but that's I mean, there, it's actually kind of parallel in the in the way like that that Vikings Colts game ended, and yeah. the way this ended that to have uh, you know France come back and would be with just a couple penalty kicks 
of winning that thing. Right. Uh, just a remarkable uh, weekend. See, I don't think they should end the game with penalty gigs. We, I don't know if you heard me talk about I did. that. I did. It's kinda, but it would be like ending the Super Bowl with a field goal contest. The, it, there are, you know, Steve, you're, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, in the NHL regular season, they have shootouts. Uh, because like you, when you guys had that conversation, Bax, you said the, the game can't go on forever. That's why during the regular season, they'll do, they'll do a shootout. Yeah. Um, but in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you play overtime until somebody wins. And it really should be, maybe not, you know, some of the World Cup games, because, I mean, as Bax alluded to, they could go on forever and you're just going to yeah, wear everybody I'm, out. I'm talking but about the final, the final game. The final game should not, it, it shouldn't come down to penalty kicks because you're, I mean, you're basically deciding uh, the biggest soccer game in, in the world by a goalie yeah. deciding, do I dive right or left? Let's see all the blood, sweat, and tears. Yes. Who's, got it, who's got the last bit of yeah. energy in him to make uh, that? Agreed. Go- golden goal in overtime. That's how you decide yep. it. Yep, I, 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 no argument here. You're right. You're right. I mean, Thank you very much. I mean, it makes, it, it, yeah. it makes, Thank you very much. Now, now, you can, now you can go. Yeah, now I can go play back. It, it makes <laughs> sense, but what you have is what you kind of have in baseball – but there's less offense in a soccer game. You right, know, a baseball game can go 30 innings if you know, if, you know, theoretically. But yep. a soccer game of that Im- of of that importance could go on for nine hours, uh, and, and you don't get a, a resolution. I right? don't know. I mean, you're gonna eventually have players that are just too damn tired to play anymore. That's that would be the whole point. If yeah. you're like, okay, well, they've still got more. St- the other team's got more stamina. And like you say, they play this thing every four years. Do you know there was only since ni- since 1930 when they started playing uh, this World Cup thing? Mm-hmm. There's only eight countries since 1930 that have won the World Cup. Eight. That's it. Of all the countries that that yeah. play in it. So um, yeah, it's it's nuts. Let's uh, let's take a, a moment, if we can, to uh, dissect the. Um the, the 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 public disaster that t- happened at the end of Disa- the Patriots game it was yesterday. a disaster. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. I mean, all they had to do. First of all, there's, there's two things that that perplex me. First of all, the uh, the, the the touchdown scored by uh, scored at the end of the game. 37 seconds left. You know, I'm looking at the at the replay over and over again. That guy's foot is out. His it's foot out. His foot is. out. Out. Even the, even the guys in the in the broadcast booth said, "Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a touchdown," and they call it a touchdown. Half his foot was uh, was on yeah. off over the line. It was. I mean, his he was out of bounds. So, um, a, a good buddy of mine, Bill Rosenblum, uh, you know, sent me a message uh, this morning, and he said, "Hey, he said, you know, if you guys are going to talk about that thing on the air, every single scoring play, uh, first of all, the NFL." multi-billion dollar industry correct yep okay um they review every scoring play gets reviewed if if necessary right they had they had two camera angles on that two one of them was 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 dog do yep and the other one, they had to sit there, that one from high above that you and I are talking about. Yeah. You sit there in a multi-billion dollar industry that 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 millions and, and millions of dollars are are gambled on every single every single week, and you don't have proper camera angles in the end zone to well, to decide things like that. The thing is it's you, it's, la- it's laughable. Thing is you did, and they also have the ability to zoom in to see exactly where his foot lies. Right. And on, and unless 
they're seeing an angle that that the rest of us did his not was, see. His foot was out of bounds. Exactly. He's, so, out, of, so, he's, he's out of bounds. So Keelan Cole's you, you, touchdown shouldn't have counted. Shouldn't have counted, but it did. Having said that, yes, all the Patriots had to do was sit on the ball yep. and let the clock run out. That's all they had to do. Why they thought they could get cute and improvise their way through a bunch of laterals? Only, only I said in review from the couch. Only three things can happen: it succeeds, it fails. Or you cough up the ball and it goes sideways, right. which is exactly what wound up happening. Yep. You have got to believe that Bill Belichick chewed through some serious ass after that game about you know about running the clock, knowing the basic rules of the game. You could have gone into overtime, and you probably would have had a pretty good chance of winning that game. But now you blew it because you tried to get stupid. And, but I mean, whose who's, uh, rear end is he going to chew out? He's standing there on the sidelines, and all of a sudden they're they're calling a play. It's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Um, take the knee. Just like, take the, take the knee. 99.9% of the time, you take a knee and you just go to overtime and, and everything starts fresh. So, you know, I, I think that. I think that that decision uh, kind of reveals maybe the bigger picture with this team, Bax, where everybody on that ball club, no no one is on the same page. Um, Mac, Mac Jones, he's only been in the league for two years. Did you see his numbers yesterday? No, t- He's like 10 of 31 mm-hmm. for uh, uh, like 100 and some odd yards. No touchdowns. No, no touchdowns. Nothing from that guy. Nothing. And all he's doing is, you know, bitching and complaining when things don't go the way he should. That is terrible optics. Terrible. It's it's terrible optics, and we, you know, we talked to Zolak last week about Matt Patricia as your as as your play caller. You know, Matt Patricia is a good coach when it comes to defense. Yep. he seems to be totally mismatched, and the learning curve. You don't have time for a learning curve if you're going to be the guy calling plays. You don't. And well, he may be a great coach, but if he's not calling, if he doesn't know enough about offense, and the, particularly you know, with the players he's got. I mean, this should never have happened. It should never have happened. The, the Patriots are a very, very good defensive team, terrific defensive team. They've got a. They really do have a great running game. They have. They have a quarterback who is. Listen, we love that kid. Okay, but I mean, let's just be honest here. He's a second-year guy. He's been mediocre at best. He really doesn't have a lot of weapons at his disposal. To they don't have a passing game. Yeah. So, the, but the, again, but the big thing is they made they made a, a terrible bonehead play, and you know that's but that's that makes up for the tuck rule with the with uh, Oakland from years ago and the uh, the immaculate reception that Franco Harris had against Oakland. It, they finally well, <laughs> Oakland right. finally came and 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 settled everything. Well, I mean, here, and here's the real problem. Next week it's Cincinnati who are ten and four. And then it's going to be uh, the Dolphins at eight and six. What are you talking about? A Patriot playoff situation. What I'm saying is, and and the final week, eleven and three. What I'm saying is, without that win yesterday, it's done. It's done. It's over. They're done. There are there are no scenarios that make any sense. Even if they get there, they are going to get blown out in the first uh, in the wild card game. There's no scenario where they deserve to be in the postseason at all. I think. Yeah. I think yesterday's. 
And you know what? And you know what happened? And listen, uh, with all due respect to them, they rallied from 20. They scored 21 straight points. I mean, that that really was a game that could have completely, you know, flipped the script as opposed to what we're talking about right now. I think that play at the end of the game just really exposed uh, that that team and the organization right now. And just their their shortcomings are just right there. You know, it's black and white. They've yeah. got they have they've got issues big time. Um, big uh, big comeback from uh, the Minnesota Colts game. That was yeah. a hell of a game. Yeah, great. That was. And then what do you call it? Uh, uh, Kansas City needed overtime to win yesterday. Uh, Jacksonville beat Dallas. Yeah. Uh, the Giants got up uh, off the mat and beat Washington last night. Yeah, it's um, we're in for a great ride the next month. The other thing I wanted to toss at you, Charlie Baker is going to be the head, yeah. the president of the NCAA. Yeah. I mean, yeah. after everything he's faced as the governor of Massachusetts, COVID, uh, a sagging economy. Yep. Yeah, having to be on the Rock 102 <laughs> morning show a number of times. Yes. Run of the NCAA is going to be a piece of cake for this guy. Charlie Baker is a, is a um, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, smart guy. Um, he's been he's he's the consummate uh, CEO. He was in the business world before he became our governor. He's going to do a great job. And you know what? He's for he's a very likable guy and he'll be a likable face of a very unlikable organization. And uh, for anyone who says, well, you know, what does he know about running the NCAA? Uh, Mark Emmert had that job for 14 years. He before that, he was, I believe, a busboy at a, at a Red Lobster. So. <laughs> Anybody could take it, that job. Yeah, it's it's a definite. It's definitely a, a, an upsell. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Bruins play tonight. Celtics have lost four or five. Yeah, and uh, the Bruins play tonight. They're the bees are still the one New England team we can still hang our hats on. All right, we will talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Actually, no, we won't because we'll be on vacation. Yeah, oh, we will be on vacation. Yeah, we won't see you for, for two whole weeks. Yeah, what's, three weeks. Actually. Three weeks, right? Yeah, three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. Um, <laughs> Season's greetings. I'm going to miss you guys. The hell you are. <laughs> it's going to be a nice break for all. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's 723 with Bax and Nagel and Scott Cohen on Rock 102. Oh. It's 726 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Mostly sunny today with a high of 37. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 37. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, let me see here. Hey, uh, join us uh, Saturday, February 4th at Delaney House in Holyoke from 6 to 9 for bourbon, barbecue, and blues. A great night of delicious food, smooth drinks, and hot music from Neil and the Vipers. Tickets and information can be found at rock102.com. It's a great holiday gift for the bourbon, barbecue, or blues lover in your life. Uh, again, bourbon, barbecue, and blues February 4th at the Delaney House from Dave Minor Exterior Home Improvements, Lotus Bath and Closet, and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Turn this, uh... This kid who uh, killed his mom <clears throat> because she wouldn't buy him a video game out in Wisconsin. Yes, I did see this. Well, now he's uh, the attorney uh, for the boy is uh, that's accused of killing the mom over a video game is asking to lower bail amount uh, to what he has in his piggy bank. From f- he wants bail to be lowered from fifty thousand dollars to one hundred dollars. And did the judge go for it? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Has not been decided yet. Really? But um, I'm thinking if this kid had 100 bucks in his piggy bank, why didn't he just go out and buy the video game himself? Because <laughs> that would clear him out. Well, yeah, but I mean, you had the money. Uh, well, yeah, prior to his arrest, he probably didn't understand the value of a good hard-earned dollar. Now look at him. I just, I don't believe 
he's 10 years old. I just don't feel, yes, he murdered somebody, but there's got to be some deep psychological stuff going on with this kid. You're going to charge him as an adult? Uh, That's the way the law is written in, in Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't think you put a 10-year-old in a <clears throat> maximum security prison. I think you put him in a juvenile detention but, facility. But see, that's the that's the thing. Why are you charging him with being an adult if you're not going to do all the adult things that adults would do? Well, because that's an adult kind of crime. It is an adult kind of crime. But shouldn't if you're going to go with that whole he's an adult, wouldn't you put him in the the the, the hole with the with the other prisoners? <laughs> no, I think I think you do the right thing and you put him in uh, juvenile detention. Uh, although I got to tell you, I would keep him away from uh, video games for a while. Yeah. Maybe for a long while. Commissary account. Yeah, I just think you have to deny him video game privileges because he gets a little he gets a little saucy. Yeah, he's he's a little upset about the whole thing. But still, I just I just the whole being charged with an adult when you're ten years old is kind of ridiculous. It's seven twenty nine. We have news next on Rock One Hundred Two. Maybe I should sing that last part. Seven thirty two. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The Holyoke Police Department was sent to the Unicorn on Saturday night for a report of a shooting. According to Captain Moriarty of the Holyoke Police, at approximately 8.45 p.m., a man was shot inside the Unicorn on High Street. When officers arrived, they found one victim on the floor had been shot several times. Officers performed first aid, secured the scene, and then requested more units. The suspect was then sent to a local hospital and is currently in stable condition. Detectives from the Holyoke Criminal Investigation Bureau and Narcotics Division arrived to help at the incident. The Mass State Police detective, along with, uh, ah, they brought everybody out. It's like a holiday get-together. Yeah. Come on, all the agencies, come on out. The DA's office, the uh, State Police uh, Investigation Unit, and, uh, and the Holyoke Police. And the canines. Why don't we bring the canines? Yeah, I don't think there's any, like, secret Santa or, like, eggnog being served. I think they're all kind of there to do a job, though. I, it looks like somebody got a secret Santa present. <laughs> Perhaps not the surprise they were looking for, but uh, for. the suspect after uh, shooting the victim walked right out of the bar. There are currently no other injuries that have been reported after there were several patrons that were close to the incident. The suspect in the shooting is described as uh, dark skinned male, about five foot nine, wearing dark clothing. Well, that should help in the investigation. You would think so. You know, it sounds like one of those uh, like one of those movies, like one of those uh, like a hit job. Like a, like a Sopranos thing where, you know, they're sitting there, they're eating dinner. And remember that last scene where Silvio's uh, sitting there in one of the last scenes and he's sitting there at the restaurant? Uh-huh. And all of a sudden everything goes silent because you all he can he, he can't hear anything from the sound of the bullets being uh, yeah, yeah. sprayed at the guy yeah. next to him. Kind of like that. Somebody just walks in, does their job, walks out the door. You're always supposed to drop the weapon, too. Like, uh, you know, when Michael Corleone shot... Uh, Salazzo and yeah. the and the cop in the little restaurant, and they just wrap wrap it out of their hands. Yeah, you know, because the, the handle was all wrapped up in in, in gauze tape. Yeah, you, you, no prints. You enjoy the, you enjoy the dinner. You you uh, you excuse yourself in the bathroom. Better yet, ask yourself to go to the bathroom. And Tessio put a gun right there on the uh, on the toilet. Yeah. And next thing you go out there, you finish your meal, pop pop, you walk out of there, it's and don't a, look at anybody. Like just a- walk right out. Because they'll be afraid of you. This whole thing is like I have a scene of a movie. Yeah, right. Uh, 
Well, I was just being asked if uh, when the police went to the unicorn, did they see some cats and rats and elephants? All right, that's insensitive. Well, I mean, that's part of the song. But not uh, part of the crime, Steve. Let's go to uh, let's go to Connecticut for some news. How about that? All right. In East Hartford, Rick Bullish is Santa Claus without the red coat and white beard. He built Santa's village on his front lawn and collects donations for the town food pantry. But it seems there's a Grinch somewhere in East Hartford, and it walked right into Santa's village. I heard my puppy barking and growling. I never looked out. When I went uh, to work, it was gone, said Rick. Uh, the Grinch came and robbed the food bank. Groceries in Santa's Village and Rick's donation box were stolen. They were meant for families who desperately need them, but somebody walked right up to the bin and snatched them. I was totally winded. I lost faith. I was going to turn it off. Rick nearly shut down Santa's Village, something he does every year for the kids. They can walk through the path, snap a picture with Santa, or even write him a letter. Rick checks them every day for Santa, and he writes them back every time. Rick was upset about the theft until he posted on Facebook, then the community stepped in. People from all over town donated food to make up from the Grinch's actions. Uh, Rick even uh, received a $500 donation to help a food pantry in town. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, did he donate the last can of Who Hash? Yes, I believe he did. No, I would keep the Who Hash. How many times in your life do you get a can of Who Hash? I've never had the Who Hash. Well, I'm sure it tastes delicious. Sure it is. Uh, a doctor, uh, oh yeah, Rick created Santa's Village three years ago after open heart surgery, quintuple bypass. And he's got the energy to put together Santa's Village? I guess so. A doctor said if he waited an extra week, he wouldn't be here. When he got out of the hospital, he wanted to do something nice for the kids and be a part of the great community. That is a nice thing that you put that together. Right? It is and nice. you do that. But who is stealing the food from the food pantry thing? The only thing I can think of is somebody who really desperately needed food. Stole the food from the food box. You would like to think that. And if that's the case, okay, maybe I could look the other way. But if it's a guy who's uh, calorically challenged, say like a, a you or a me, and we're stealing food, yeah, I gotta tell you, it's a special place in hell for you. I uh, I would not be a good judge because I'd be letting people go because they'd be pulling at the heartstrings. <laughs> And they'd be like, you know what? You're too emotional. I went, uh, I stole the, yes, uh, your honor, I did steal this box of food, but I don't have any food. I don't. I lost my job. I don't have any money, and uh, I can't afford to put food on the table. This box was sitting right there. I took it. And you know what I would do if I were a judge? What? I would say, well, uh, uh, Mr. Defendant, I'm going to turn your life around. As, uh, as you uh, stare down the barrel of a lifetime of hunger, I will award you. Not jail time, but gift certificates to Friendly's or Applebee's. Your choice. Yeah. You're not trying to make them suffer. No, I'm trying to help them learn a lesson. Oh, like this is what this is your punishment. You'll be sit here waiting for a fisherman jig for six hours. You want to know what hungry is like? <laughs> We're gonna put you in a Friendly's. Or you'll be eating something from the Applebee's menu where yeah. you wish you hadn't. Yes. Do you like salmonella? You like frozen food? Well, let's see. You're going to like it when we give you the ticket for it. Uh, Manchester, Connecticut Fire Departments, as well as the uh, Manchester Police Department, rescued three people after they got lost in the woods on Case Mountain. The fire department said they received a 911 call at around 5.30 p.m. from an adult and two children who were disoriented in the woods. The fire department and police department worked together to initiate a coordinated search. All-terrain vehicles were deployed. Uh, according to the fire department, the three individuals were located and no injuries were reported. 
Hansel and Gretel? The guy trying to drop the kids in the woods? Hansel? Hansel? Who is this Hansel? You try to do something nice with your kid. Hey, let's go for a walk. And then all of a sudden, uh, you don't realize where you are because the trails aren't marked well enough with yeah. the snow and everything. And then uh, you get lost. And This was your weekend, Dad. Yeah. These, these are the kinds of things that that create not just wonderful memories, but indelible traumatic scars on your children. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a two-year-old boy was attacked by a hippo back in April, according to territorial police in Cabaturo. About that. Okay. But it was only reported by authorities this week. According to police, the hippo grabbed the toddler by the head and swallowed half of his body before spitting him out. The authorities uh, said the child was playing at his home about 800 meters from a lake, which, with the hippo strayed, a man nearby saw what was happening and began throwing stones at the hippo and scared it, causing the animal to release the boy from its mouth. The two-year-old was taken to the hospital for treatment in a rabies vaccine. Police said the child has since fully recovered. You know, I always thought as a kid that hippos were like adorable creatures that uh, would eat marbles mm, all at once. They're a-holes. Yeah, they're idiots. I mean, they're awful animals. You ever see like a like a like video of uh, a hippo being fed a watermelon? No, not even sliced. You just like toss a watermelon in its throat. Okay, opens its big wide mouth and you toss a watermelon. Eats it like it's a like a like it's not like a piece of soft bread. It and it just and and then you ever see video of them actually attacking people? No, they're wicked fast, and they're very fast swimmers. You think of an animal that big? How you know, maybe mm. I can outrun a hippo? Oh no, you can't. There's a lot of muscle in there. It's all muscle, and they are vicious. Um, I think it was uh, you know the hippo spitting the kid. The kid's okay. The kid's fine. Kid's but- lucky. Well, it's fine. I think the hippo would probably standing next to another hippo uh, lakeside going, hey, Hank, <laughs> see that kid playing over there? What do you say we scare him a little bit? Well, no, 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 Ron, don't do that. Their, their names are Hank and Ron. Hank and Ron. Yeah, Ron, don't come on. We're just here. We're just drinking out of the lake. Just let the kid play. Come on, I'm going to do it. Hey, what are you going to do? Uh, watch this. And he like snatches the kid in his mouth. Yeah. Like turned into his friend. <laughs> He's like, "You're dark, man. You are just dark." Yeah, that's yeah, they're sick animal. They're man. sick. They get the most twisted sense of humor I've ever seen, and they're savage. Well, I mean, uh, you know, the food was two years old. I would spit it out too. <laughs> Didn't we get a complaint about something like that once? Yes, but that was for. <laughs> That was for another another incident that didn't end so well. Yeah. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today. <laughs> See, that's a perfect joke. There Why did the hippo spit out his food? Because it was two years old. But the kid is okay, so it's fine. You're going to see uh, sunny skies today with a high of 38. Tomorrow, high of 37. It's 29 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 748 and Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, sunny today and tomorrow with a high of 37 uh, on both days. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Rock 102 is bringing you New England Patriot football all season long. Uh, the next game is Saturday, December 24th against Cincinnati. That should uh, hopefully end a little bit different than 
yesterday. The pregame begins at 10 with kickoff scheduled for 1 o'clock. Bob Sochi and Scott Zolak bring you all the play-by-play action. The Patriots play here on Rock 102. Uh, are you ready for some benchmarks, my friend? Of course. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, let's see. Clip number one. Musician comedian Kevin Carter finds clips of animals making quirky sounds and adds music to make it a song. His most popular video is the rooster that crowed so long and hard it fell over and fainted. But it's okay. okay. Deep breath. Come on. Sustain it. Sustain it. I believe that's Wham's Last Christmas. <laughs> no, I think Last Christmas is a whole lot more annoying. More like uh, cockadoodle don't, huh? Yeah, yeah no don't, don't do that to your lungs. That'll blow. That'll blow out your. Uh, what do they call those things inside here? Brachioles. Or, <laughs> your brachioles. Your brachioles. Yeah, right. Blow out your brachioles. <laughs> you ever have a brachiole blowout? I have not had one of those. Uh, clip number two, uh, listen to a mom try to explain what a cassette tape is to her young daughter who calls it some ancient history storyteller. Cleaning out the basement. I've got some of my childhood boxes out here and my daughter says this. What What did you just ask me? It looks like some ancient history storyteller. Ancient history. This is a cassette tape. So this is like- how we used to listen to music and how we recorded music from the radio. This is how we saved me. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. You're dead serious. You don't know what this is? No. It looks like you shake it or something. No, it probably has all my favorite songs from the radio. You, like, pull it or something? No, you have to put it in the cassette player. <laughs> so what do you put them in? You know, I have all these old uh, old cassette tapes. Do you? That, and, and you know what they are? They're air checks from the other radio station that I worked at years yeah. ago. And they're horrible. Yeah, thinking that you may have to use them again. Yeah, I'll never use them again. Of course not. But should I preserve them by putting them on a CD or in other and digital what are you, form? And, and what are you going to do with that? Uh, to show what a horrible example it was <laughs> to, <laughs> to hire this man for any job. Yeah, no, nah, you you probably won't need it. We should do. Do you have any old air checks from like when we were in Milwaukee years ago? <sighs> I don't know if I do. To be honest, I don't know if they made the move. Oh, like when you moved from when Wisconsin I moved. to here? No, they no, they they did move here. I don't think they made any subsequent move. I think some of my uh, my stuff was thrown away in a dumpster or burned. Oh, come on now! Yeah. Why would anybody do something like that? <laughs> I think I think you'd be surprised. Uh, a man went drinking with his grandmother, and to put it mildly, she was no amateur. She drank beer and shots of Jack because she wanted to get hammered. There's the clip. There you, you guys go. Need anything? Oh. Give us two shots of gas. We want to get hammered tonight. Coming right up. Fantastic. Look what I got you, Graham. It's my kind of night. Let's get (laughs) up. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, you know what? Grandma's been around the block a few times. Apparently Uh, she has. Shots of Jack and beers. Good for her. (laughs) It's kind of like Betty White telling you, hey, you want to get hammered tonight. Yeah. You know, good for her. 
Uh, here's another viral uh, v- a video going viral of a Dollar Tree manager offering to hire a complaining customer on the spot. He doesn't take up the take the job, but apparently the store is very short staffed. Yeah, we need another register open. The deal to close the sale. Are like you the planning to hire? I'll hire you on the spot. Can you Get behind the register. Can you ring? Can you ring? Can you ring? Yeah, I'm offering you a job. I need the help. I'm not saying right now. I'm sorry. I'm hiring. I need help. I mean. The manager kind of does make a point. <laughs> Listen, like, yeah, like because- there's not enough people to want to work here, and uh, you know, but but on the flip side of that is like, why are you open then? Well, but they, this may not be a. I mean, it could be like a like a, a chain store. It's yeah. not up to him whether he's open or not. He's got to hire hire people. And if someone's complaining that they're not being helped, yeah, I, I good on him. Well, if you're not happy with the help that we've got. Step on by and uh, and we'll be happy to hire you. Uh, I find it easier sometimes. Like I went to a restaurant uh, like a month ago, and I'm not going to say which one it is. Hey, what's around? I can't even do. What that. kind of food they serve? It's not even that. But it's the idea that there the place was short staffed. Clearly, there was nothing wrong with the food. You can't complain about that. The, the people who were being doing the service were were doing a good job, right? To what they could do with too many customers in the restaurant right you only had like two servers on for maybe 20 tables which is way with i mean you can't everybody's waiting for something why are you opening or why are you allowing that many people to come in and be seated if you can't handle the volume because a restaurant isn't likely to turn anybody away right but you should if you can't have the capacity wouldn't you rather have somebody not sitting there complaining about how long it's taking for a server to come over to your table versus, you know what, uh, we only have a bartender and two, yeah. two well, servers here I, today. I think it's got to go both ways. You know, I mean, I think the, the customer has got to understand the issues that the, the place is facing. But on the other hand, you know, the, the, the place has either got to you know, put together a full staff or they shut down for the night. How many times have you seen that? You've seen that actually a lot, a lot more than... You would imagine. There's a lot of places just say, you know, due to staffing issues, we can't work tonight. Yeah. Yeah, We'll hope to see you next time. Well, I mean, that's kind of the alternative. He said, unless you're willing to strap on an apron and start cutting onions for us, I can do that. Not at what you're paying. (laughs) Not at these prices. Uh, And our final clip, uh, because it's still early. Yes, it is. Why why is it so early? Because we played a two and a half minute Led Zeppelin song, but I probably should have played a five. Well, that was a communication breakdown between you and I. You should have played Cashmere. Would have made our jobs a whole lot easier. Uh, here's a flashback clip. You ready? Yes. Back in 2007, a guy named Randy Taylor left a spectacular voicemail message on Jimmy Dean's corporate line. Here's uh, his complaint call. I don't know where you people come from. I don't know if you test your products. Your products are very delicious. Love your sausage for 30-something years, but I can't take and feed a family of five on a little 12-ounce roll of sausage. I don't mind paying you more money for your 16-ounce roll of sausage. But you don't have it anymore. You've got a 12-ounce roll. And you've got three men that weigh over 200 pounds apiece, a woman that's a little plump, and a daughter who's 13. And you're going to try to take a 12-ounce roll of sausage and a couple of dozen eggs and feed that. It ain't going to work. And I'm not going to purchase your product anymore or ever again. And as far as your 16-ounce and maple and sage, I don't eat that. I'm not from the north. I'm a Texas man. Jimmy Dean sausage is for southern people to eat with their breakfast, with their fried eggs and their T-bone steaks. And I'm not going to buy two 
of those 12-ounce packages just because you want to downsize and charge the same price. Goodbye. Damn. Wow. There's also a second part to that call. The, the, <laughs> this is the best part of his complaint call to Jimmy Dean is when he thinks he's disconnected his cell phone, but as you'll hear, he's still being recorded. That's when he really gives his opinions. <laughs> that little 12-ounce damn roll of sauce is supposed to feed your brother and me and you 600 pounds of men at least. You get my point? And the two girls, and they put it in that roll of sausage. Son of a bitch. Somebody needs their ass kicked. Some little consumer geekeroid fucked this shit up. Save money. Save money. Yeah, save money. Save money. I'm going to eat, damn it. Well, now, wait a minute now. You got a 12-inch, 12-ounce uh, roll of sausage. Yeah. couple dozen eggs. Yeah. And T-bone steaks. Yeah, yeah. And you're worried about whether you guys got enough food to eat around the table. Well, he's got a system. He's uh, he's planned this system out for many years. He buys his T-bone steaks. He buys his eggs. He buys his 16-ounce Jimmy Dean sausage. You screw up that whole recipe, and you're only cutting it down. You're cutting it down by four ounces. Yeah. That's four ounces that could have been fed to the girl who was a little plump. You know, I like how he <laughs> describes his... His wife is plump, yeah, yeah. and uh, and the kids. Yeah, but if you got a couple dozen eggs and a T-bone steak, you could probably do without the sausage. Yeah, but he's a real Southerner, Baxter. Yeah. You not listen to anything he complained yeah, about. No, I, I heard the complaints I, loud and clear. He's a, Southern, man- he's a Southerner with like uh, with diabetes and uh, and uh, high uh, high cholesterol. Yes, but he has a valid complaint. This was what he was used to buying all yeah. of these years, and now you're not offering it. He doesn't <laughs> mind paying the extra money for it, but you shouldn't be downsizing things. I, it's hard to hard to be critical. You just screwed up this man's Southern Sunday tradition. <laughs> steak, eggs, and Jimmy Dean sausage. Now we're just going to have to go with steak and eggs. Oh, this poor, poor man. Poor guy. I don't know how he's going to handle it. It's 7.57 with Bax and Nangle on Rock 102. Okay. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Power Tool Headquarters. Milwaukee. DeWalt. Craftsman. Rocky's Power Tool Trifecta. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, when a football game becomes an exercise in improvisational comedy, that's when you have to wonder, what the hell is going on over here? When the Patriots were facing an almost certain leap into overtime yesterday against the Raiders, all they had to do was fall on the ground with the ball in their hands and let the, croc- the, the clock run out of time. Instead, the offense was suddenly being led by Wayne Brady and Colin Mockery as they, uh, like if it were a shockingly unfunny episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway? For those of you who might have missed it, there were three seconds left to go. Patriots on the Raiders' 44-yard line. Mac Jones snap, takes the snap. Hands it off to Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson ran to the 35 and then lateraled the ball to Jacoby Myers. Myers then ran back to midfield and then launched the ball right into the hands of Chandler Jones, which would have been a good idea if Chandler Jones were still playing with the Patriots. But now he's playing for Las Vegas. Jones grabs the ball and runs toward the end zone, scoring the game-winning touchdown with a final score of 30-24. to Forget about the fact. The Raiders have blown a 14-point lead. Forget about the fact that 37 seconds earlier, the Raiders picked up a touchdown despite Keelan Cole clearly being out of bounds. Forget all of that stuff. The failure here is what all Patriots had, is that all the Patriots had to do was nothing, and they could have gone into overtime. Instead, they try to get cued and improvise their way into a poorly timed interception for a loss. How bad was it? According to Bill Belichick, quote, we made a mistake. Dude, this is more than a mistake. 
It was your players not knowing how to accept the option of playing for a little bit longer. Instead, you did something where there are only three things can happen. It succeeds, it fails, or you cough up the ball to the other team and until it goes to crap. The uh, Patriots took the final two options, and in a situation that could have won the game, they now have the three-week stretch where they'll face their regular season season out with the Bengals, Dolphins, and the Bills. Nicely done, dipsticks. Nicely done. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Traeger, the wood pellet fire grill that roasts and smokes and even bakes cookies. Seven Traegers are on sale right now at Rocky's. Seven. The little Traeger, the big Traeger. Rocky's delivers and sets it up under the tree if you want. Oh, what fun it is to grill with a Traeger from Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 810 and Billy Squire with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, mostly sunny today and tomorrow with a high of 37. It's 30 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, figure we'll do uh, some weird news from around the world. Sure. We got this uh, one about this homeless guy out in San Diego. Uh, a man was arrested in downtown San Diego Sunday morning for stealing an excavator from a construction site in an attempt to help a person change their tire. San Diego police say they received a call from a construction worker on 10th Avenue in downtown around 7 a.m. who said a man had stolen the excavator from his construction site. I saw this guy in the middle of the street with the excavator crossing the street with it. I couldn't <laughs> believe what I was seeing. A man in the uh, grocery uh, outlet parking lot adjacent to the site said the man was approached by the suspect who offered to help change his tire. I did nothing wrong and they're taking me for no reason, the suspect said while being interviewed from the uh, rear of the police unit. San Diego police uh, told the uh, local news station that a man who agreed to the assistance from the uh, transient was unaware the suspect held no employment with the construction site and was not authorized to drive mm. the excavator. He just said uh, he just said his dad taught him how to drive it and that he's a pro at it. I believe him. He's pretty good at driving it. He did minimal damage to the car. Basically, the car had no jack, so he was taking the excavator and lifting, lifting it, it from one side and pulling it up so the guy could change the tire. Well, see, that's, he's just being a good citizen. Uh, he actually did lift the car up. They did change the tire out. The suspect was arrested on charges of stealing a vehicle and booked into jail. The excavator was returned to the construction site. See, nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt, and the guy was able to change his tire without uh, blinking an eye. Yeah. Good on that guy for stealing an excavator. What's the problem? Nothing. Nobody else was using it. Well, if you know how to drive it, why not? Yeah. Wasn't didn't we have a guy that worked for us that thought he knew how to drive a police car? Yes, and it, as it turns out, he had no experience driving police cars. He may have had experience sitting in the back seat of one a police car, but no. and he almost had experience that day too. Mm. Well, there you go. See, no harm, no foul. No harm, the, no foul. And the tire was changed. I know you saw this. Uh, this story. Uh, the headline is. Uh, Boston police officer arrested after getting into a fight with his brother at a funeral home. Uh, veteran Boston police officer James Keneally has been placed on an administrative leave after getting into a fight with one of his brothers after the death of their father. Uh, police uh, told uh, this television station that uh, Keneally and his brother got into a fight Monday afternoon at a family gathering. Their father, Tom Keneally, had passed away the day before at the age of 87. The family was at a funeral home to discuss arrangements, and then that's when the fight broke out. Uh, Keneally was arraigned in West Roxbury District Court 
Uh, his lawyer said, when my, when my client continues to grieve, while my client continues to grieve the loss of his father, he does not regret the decision to defend himself after being attacked by a younger male sibling inside the West Roxbury funeral home. Can you imagine, like, you're trying to make arrangements, trying to pick out a casket, trying to pick out, you know, what kind of, you know, what you want to do, what kind yeah. of things you want to do, and all of a sudden... You drop the gloves and start forcing each other into the glass like it's a like a Bruins game broke out at the funeral home. Oh yeah, good times. I mean, I realize everybody's uh, emotions are a little bit high, but that's not the time to be taking swings at the people you love. No, but having dealt with family during a uh, after the death of a loved one. Sometimes I can see somebody punching somebody in the face. But did you really want to ball up your fist and pop somebody in the suck before the funeral or after the funeral? It was before the funeral. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's every family's different. Well, everybody's got a different way of doing things. And, uh, you know, he's like, well, we should get dad that pillow. No, that pillow's $8,000. He wouldn't have bought that pillow. What the hell is wrong with you? Well, he has the money. That money is for us. No, the money is to take care of debt. I don't care. I'm going to punch the crap out of you. (laughs) Uh, There's a big spinach recall. I don't know if you heard about this one. I did not know this. Yeah. uh, It's Woolworths. I didn't even know Woolworths was still in business. (laughs) Is that still a thing? Woolworths has recalled two varieties of its prepackaged salad a day after uh, contaminated baby spinach from Costco was recalled after dozens of people fell ill. They've gotten it all from the same place. Uh, so it's an Australian issue, but it's also affecting us here in the United States because some of that lettuce comes from, or the spinach comes from from that area, I guess. Okay. Uh, eight people have become sick from eating the spinach in Australia, and the state's health department says it's investigating the source of the contamination. As of Friday, there were 47 people who reported symptoms after eating the spinach, and at least 17 needed medical help. According to the uh, health department, those who became sick experienced a range of symptoms, including serious hallucinations, delirium, blurred vision, dilated poop pupils, and fever. I almost said pupils. You did say pupils. Uh, Food Standards Australia and New Zealand is heading efforts to alert consumers and is working with uh, businesses to coordinate the recall across uh, Australia. Now, but the real message that they're trying to don't seek out the spinach in order to get hallucinogenic trips. That's what people want the spinach for. They know it has a recall. Yeah. And there's people going on, like, Facebook Marketplace asking anybody if they have the spinach so they can take it and hallucinate. Listen, if I'm hallucinating on the spinach, ain't nobody taking away that spinach away from me. You know, I once saw this documentary about this uh, retired Navy sailor who uh, would eat this contaminated spinach and would hallucinate to the point where his arms would bulge up immediately and they would have little anchors on them. Uh And then uh, he would then uh, beat up somebody who he thought was trying to get on top of his girlfriend. Was it like a a very tall, thin woman, kind of gangly in a a little in a way? Yeah, I believe uh, she was named after a condiment. Yeah. Uh, did this guy also hang out with a with a portly fellow that had some sort of obsession with uh, hamburgers on Tuesdays? Yes. You've se- have you seen this? I did see this. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. He w- he would he would gladly pay you on Tuesday for the hamburger today for the hamburger yes. that he would eat that day. Yes. Yeah, and he loved hamburgers. 
But he would, uh, this guy would hallucinate with this. Yeah. He'd pop the spinach in his mouth. He'd yeah. have all of these things like he was 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And, interesting uh, you bring this up. I was just at a Popeye's chicken the other day, and I was talking to somebody about that, uh, the same exact documentary. You know, it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, obviously we're making a joke about this, but have you ever seen somebody who's been on, like, methamphetamine? Yes. Is, like, getting naked in the streets? Yes. That's exactly what the effects of this are. You're hallucinating over yeah. spinach. Yeah. And their forearms are enormous. You know what? Had had this had happened when I was a child, that you would have these hallucinogenic effects from eating spinach, mm-hmm. maybe I would have enjoyed spinach a little bit more. Yeah, no kidding. No kid likes to eat spinach. Yeah, spinach. If, you, if you could catch a buzz off an actual vegetable, imagine how many peas you would have eaten or broccoli. I know. You know? All of those things. I know. Too bad you can't have those effects today. You got another one? Because I got another one. No, go ahead. A dog owner is being criticized on social media for grooming her four-legged friend to look like the Grinch. To get her dog into the Christmas spirit, TikToker Ashley Spielman dyed the pup's hair bright green, white, and red. However, Ashley was accused of animal abuse after sharing that TikTok video that went viral showing her furry friend's seasonal transformation as the video shows... Ashley dyed her dog's hair to look like he has green hair, green legs, and a Santa suit. It's actually pretty gross the way she did this. Like, the dog is clearly uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and covered in green dye, which I don't think is very healthy for the animal. I don't think you're supposed to dye your pets. Well, they tell you on the back of the the hair dye box that you buy uh, for humans, it says uh, this may cause some adverse uh, effects to you if you use it too much. I guess You're so. Putting it on a dog. The uh, short clip, which has gained millions of views and likes, got mixed reactions from viewers. Virtually 70% of the viewers say the dog's seasonal look kind of looks like animal abuse to them, thus expressing their concern for the health and safety of the dog. Uh, nonetheless, Ashley loves her dog's temporary look and t- continues to share shots of the pup roaming around the house. Still, mm. not everyone likes the look. While, your do- while dog fur dye can be safe and fun... Some dogs have skin allergies that disqualify them from dog hair dye. Yeah, I, I strongly suggest not dyeing your dog and or painting them. Never use human hair dye on a dog. According to PETA.org, dogs are individuals, not things, and therefore don't need or want to be dyed. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I don't I don't think uh, I never heard my dog complaining about, I'm going a little gray. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want everyone to know how old I am. You ever see those people who, uh, like, the guy, the men who wear the dye, like you can tell, you, you can, can definitely spot tell. them from a mile away. Oh yeah, that you're wearing hair dye on your face. You know, you look like the Just for Men box. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, some I don't, people it looks good on though. Yeah, and no, I agree. Pe- other people it doesn't. You know, I mean, I, I've actually seen a bunch of women that kind of you know gave up the whole dyeing their hair thing and just mm-hmm. went gray. Yeah, I actually think it looks really good on a, on a lot of women. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with that too. You yeah, know, let yourself let yourself uh, age naturally. You don't need to. There's there's, to there's nothing that. there's nothing worse than seeing like a 75 year old man with jet black hair, and you know the guy's like shoe polishing his yeah. hair or he's dyeing it with something. But it's it's not even a it's not even a hair color that exists in nature. Yeah, you'd never even find that. Yeah, that, that's why I, you know, I've earned every single one of these gray hairs. Seems to me, I might as well show them off. Well, unless you're like a, in a cart comic strip, you know, you see the, uh, <laughs> yes, like Dick Tracy. You know, Dick Tracy. You know how old Dick Tracy is? 
you'd think he'd be going gray at some point. Yes, but he's just a cartoon. Right, but I'm just saying, like, yes. you know, the, the, those are certain people that can get away with it, even <laughs> if he is a cartoon member. It's 822 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. GG Inks, screen printing and embroidery. They print their shirt on your back. Heck, they make the Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 828. And Neil Young with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny today and tomorrow with a high of 37 both days. It's 30 in downtown Springfield. We're working today, working tomorrow, working on a Wednesday. Right. Off Thursday, Friday, and then all of the, the following week. That word you used, working. I know, okay, going through the motions today. Yeah. Uh, barely going through the motions tomorrow. Biding our time on Wednesday. After Thursday, boom, we're out. We're done. That's that's then that'll be the end of the year. Well, I will still be on the air every day. Every day. All right. Well then including Saturday and Sunday. Well then there'll be no excuse for you for putting a little effort in. No, I guess not. <laughs> I don't have to put any effort in. Yeah, no, I I, I totally get it. But uh, yeah, this so this is a kind of a short uh, short week, so you can always check out a podcast if you're really that bored. And uh and there you go. We should play nothing but Christmas music. How about we play nothing but last Christmas? Throughout the entire show. For the next three days. We could do that. We could do that. Yeah. I wonder how that would go over. Uh, Yeah, we'd probably be in trouble. We got news coming up next to Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. It'll be brisk and chilly this morning with a blend of sunshine and clouds. Temperatures in the 20s. The wind will make it feel like it's in the teens. For this afternoon, sun and clouds mixed, still on the chilly side and rather brisk. High temperatures will top off in the mid to upper 30s. The wind will make it feel like it's in the 20s. For tonight, the wind will diminish under a clear sky. Temperatures will fall back into the teens. For tomorrow, lots of sunshine, less wind. High temperatures in the upper 30s. Wednesday looks like a nice day, plenty of sunshine. High temperatures will reach into the upper 30s to near 40. A powerful storm looks like wind and rain late Thursday into Friday. With your Western Mass News First Alert forecast, I'm meteorologist Dan Brown. Steve, if I put a lab-grown diamond right in front of you and a mine diamond right next to it, side by side, do you think you'd be able to tell the difference? Is this like one of those secret Zoomer tests where you like uh, take a radio host from one radio station and a radio host from another station and see if they're the same thing? Uh, no, not quite, Steve, because that would never actually happen in real life. In fact, if you put a lab-grown diamond next to a mine diamond, even a jeweler... Can't tell the difference. Oh, come on. Not really. You need a jeweler's loop. A loop? A jeweler's loop? Yeah, a loop. That's a uh, jeweler's magnifying glass. Oh, like our man Tony Hanoush wears. Exactly. Had Hanoush and Hadley. Yeah, you go to Hanoush and Hadley, there's Tony at his workbench peering through his loop. I mean, some jewelry stores are just stores, but Hanoush and Hadley, they've got an actual jeweler, Tony Hanoush. So when Tony says that lab-grown diamonds and mine diamonds are virtually equal... Kind of like farm salmon and wild-caught salmon. I'm uh, told here to say, that's funny, Steve. It, no, no, I think it's like funny like you're disparaging me. Oh. I'm trying to make a joke. Funny, Steve. But women do love salmon. True. Women, but what they really love is a beautiful diamond and the meaning behind it. So lamb grown or otherwise, tell her how you feel with a diamond from Hanoush and Hadley. Get them what they really want for the holidays. A gift certificate to Pioneer Valley Arms in East Long Meadow. All gift certificates come with a free gun cleaning kit and are good for everything in the store, including mass and Connecticut gun permit classes. Pioneer Valley Arms, Shaker Road, East Long Meadow. 
Cadence Aerospace, which includes B&E Group in Southwick and Telltool in Westfield, is a leader in aerospace manufacturing and is growing at both locations. They're searching for qualified individuals to join their team. Cadence Aerospace has immediate openings for CNC milling and lathe machinists on first and second shift, burring first and second shift, and maintenance mechanics. Cadence Aerospace offers competitive wages, medical, dental, a 20% shift differential, and much more. To learn more and apply, click on careers at cadenceaerospace.com or stop by an equal opportunity employer. Hey, Mr. Last Minute, Rockies has something for every one of those people you're thinking about. Not just tools and grill stuff, Lego, Yeti, and Yankee Candle. Rockies has car heart workwear and stuff for people who cook. One quick stop at Rockies. Shazam! It's 8.32 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, well, thank you, Bax. <clears throat> You're welcome. Uh, there is a, well, there was a car crash this morning on I-391. The Chicopee Police Department cleared a crash near an off-ramp on I-391 this morning. The accident happened on Chicopee Street near exit 3 off-ramp from 391 northbound. No official word on injuries, uh, but the 22 News crews could see one person being wheeled onto a stretcher around 5 a.m., uh, <clears throat> 22 News contacted the Chicopee Police for additional information, and they will bring you updates as they become available, which uh, they probably said over the show. You know what? Go go back to doing whatever you do over there. You don't yeah, need mind, to know mind your own on. Mind your own business. You don't need updates. Mind your business. You don't need to know what's going on. You're on a need-to-know basis. And right but now, I, you don't need to know. You don't need to know at all. Uh, the Holyoke Police Department was sent to the Unicorn on Saturday night for a report of a shooting. According to Captain Moriarty of the department, at approximately 8.45 p.m., a man was shot inside the Unicorn on High Street. When officers arrived, they found the victim on the floor had been shot several times. Officers performed first aid, secured the scene, and then requested more units. The suspect was sent to a local hospital and is currently in stable condition. Detectives from the Holyoke, Holyoke Criminal Investigation Bureau and Narcotics Division arrived to help at the incident. The Mass State Police Detective Unit, along with the MSP Crime Scene and Ballistics Office, arrived uh, to aid in the investigation, and it is still ongoing. The suspect uh, after the <clears throat> after the sh- I'm sorry, the suspect after shooting the victim walked right out of the bar. There are currently no other injuries that have been reported, and there were several patients that were close to the in- incident. The suspect is described as a dark-skinned male, about five nine, and was wearing dark clothing. Anyone that has any information or if you have any video, you were in the bar or whatever, they would love you to uh, contact them and uh, give them some more information. Now, the victim, as you said, is in stable condition. Yes. Okay. So so he's he's going to be all right. Yeah, he's going to be fine. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, I've been to the Unicorn. You know, uh, we've done events at the Unicorn. Yeah, we actually uh, did a couple of work release programs over there. And I saw people drinking shots. I not did not see anybody receiving shots you know it is uh th- that is an odd thing to happen at like 8 30 at night yes you know i would be you know if this happened at 1 or 2 a.m when uh, the bar was just letting out mm, i i could see where tensions might be high mm-hmm. and, uh, people uh, have had too much to drink and uh Things get misconstrued, and a gun gets pulled, and somebody gets shot. Yeah, but it's but at eight o'clock at night. It's a little too early for their, you know, like feathers to be ruffled. You know what I? Night's did? just getting started. You know what I did over the weekend? What you do? I DJed the Mark E. Salomon Holiday Gala. Shut up. Yeah, and I got to meet Mark E. Salomon. He looks nothing like the guy on no, TV. No, he. You know, I've met him uh, once, maybe twice, and and and, and I was like. 
that's him? Yeah. Because you kind of expect he's going to look like Robert Vaughn. He doesn't look like Robert Vaughn. He looks nothing like Robert no. Vaughn. He, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a very, uh, how do you say that? A handsome man, I guess you could say. Is sure. Handsome? Stately. State, stately is a very sophisticated. sophisticated. And it was a, it was actually a, a very nice time. You don't see like that kind of crap going on at all. Like the things that were going on inside the unicorn. No, well, I mean, come on, who's who's to say? But even if you do like an image search on Marquis Salomon, yeah, it's it's nothing but pictures of Robert Vaughn. Well, that's uh, that's like the spokesperson. Well, uh, Robert Vaughn is no longer with us, but uh, he was what people thought Marquis Salomon was. Well, look at look at the the voice guy for Rock 102. The yeah. Good Rock 102. Mm-hmm. He doesn't work here. He doesn't like he's not physically in the building. No. You'll never see what he looks like unless you know him. I've never seen. Have you ever met that guy? Uh, guy? I have never No, I have never seen him. In fact, I I've never even I've never even seen pictures of him. You never never no, I don't think I've ever seen a picture of the guy. Let me go. Look, I'm looking at his website. I still don't know what he looks like. Yeah, no, I don't know. No idea. Uh, as Jewish communities celebrate the beginning of Hanukkah, the community of Longmeadow held a latke and shop event on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The event took place at the congregation uh, B'nai Torah on Eunice Street. It included a pre-Hanukkah celebration, latkes. Is it latkes? Latkes. Latkes. And then, I believe. A, and then a shopping trip to buy gifts for Bay State Children's Hospital uh, patients. Uh, Western Mass News stopped by to learn more about what the uh, event means to the community members, and they said it's uh, celebrating the Maccabean Revolt of 165 and also the finding of oil. And the thing about oil is it would take eight days for the new olive oil to be made uh, this pure olive oil infused in the temple. And so the fact that this olive oil was found and was used to light the menorah lasted for eight days until the new oil could be brought, and that was uh, the second miracle. I, I'm really interested in finding out more because I, I, I really like the, the food, the, the Jewish cuisine. <laughs> yeah, they, so they it's really good. some really good stuff. And I, uh, there was another guy on uh, Facebook who was saying, there's really no Jewish deli around here. It used to be like Gus and Paul's was, was a yeah, Jewish deli, yeah, right? It was close. And uh, I think the only one closest to here is uh, Rains in uh, Vernon, I or near. Um, or yeah, near I mean, there's no, there's no, yeah. I mean, you're, you're not going to find that. I mean, unless there's some, there's one that I'm not even thinking about. But I, you know, like, uh, like I love, I like a good lucky. I love pastrami. I didn't even know that's what they were called. But I, I like, like pastrami. I'm, yeah. I'm like crazy, or like a matzo ball soup. Fantastic. See, I love it. I appreciate a good love meat. it. A good roast beef sandwich on fresh rye bread. That's like, good too. That's uh that's that's like my go to. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm with you. But if it's like if there's like a if there's like pastrami on the menu, ooh, it's awful hard to say no to a good pastrami well, sandwich. Like the uh, the fish, the uh was it gefilte fish? Yeah. Is that what it is where it's all gutted out? Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah. I'd like to try that. I want it's to try right. that. It's all right. I've had that. I've had the smoked white fish. Had a lot of white fish in my day. Smoked white fish is actually pretty it's good. It's good. But the the gutted one, I want to try that. Mm-hmm. Because it, you see it every time you go in, into into a Jewish deli. You see it just sitting there. Yeah. And it doesn't look appetizing because it's the body of the fish. 
<laughs> but it's got to taste good because uh, well, all these people would be wouldn't be eating it. I mean, well, they obviously I don't know. I mean, there, there, there are some things that are you know food traditions that uh, you know been in you know traditional food forever. Yeah, and when when you try them, it's not a part of your particular culture or or uh, or or whatever. And you try it and like, oh my god, this is awful. Like I had a friend of mine who was Australian. And they had Vegemite. Now, that is an incredibly popular condiment in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I tried it. It's freaking awful. What is it? It, uh... it, it, it's like a, it's like a, it's a, like a yeasty spread that tastes like salty and overbearing. Really? Yes. It's gross. Okay. And he thought, oh, my whole family loves this stuff. And I tried it. I'm going, listen, I got a pretty diverse talent uh you know, palate i can i can stomach most foods i hope to never eat that stuff again see i would try it just to say i tried it that's kind of what i was thinking right and i and i said okay now that i've tried it i know i will never allow this to pass my lips again but like uh my mother used to eat uh, herring and sour cream see i love that is that a jewish cuisine i think that might be uh i don't know if it i mean yeah it might be it might be. It was delicious. It's she used fantastic. To buy this little jar of it. Yeah. It must be because it was like a kosher thing. Uh, we lived in a highly populated Jewish area in New yeah. Jersey, and they had you know every many of the stores had a lot of kosher. Oh, I like herring. I like uh, the the pickled herring or or in the sour cream. Fantastic. Yeah, Love that, that stuff. That would taste. That did taste good. I remember having it right maybe there I'll, on a right there I'll, on a cracker or a piece of bread. Maybe Mm-mm. I'll maybe I'll buy some of that today. I could go for some herring. Actually, sour. I think you should go through a conversion experience. I don't need to convert. I would just like to know a little bit more about the cuisine and how it's made. Well, you could do that, too. I would too. love to be invited to a Hanukkah celebration. See, I was invited to a Hanukkah celebration. Yeah. 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 For a period of time, um, uh, I had a stepbrother uh, who was Jewish and went to his uh, bar mitzvah and uh, went to a couple of Passovers. And I got to tell you, the food was fantastic. You mean you went to a couple of bars and you passed out? Is that what you did? Many years later. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, that's what you do after the bar mitzvah. Yeah, that's right. You go to a bar and then you pass out. Right. Bar mitzvah, Passover, bar, pass out. But some of the food is fantastic. Not all of it. Some of it's pretty good. Well, I think maybe we should uh, maybe we should uh, try some of this I stuff. think we should, uh, we should explore all the many cultures of food right here on the, sh- on the show. Like some days say, let's go Cuban, and then we eat Cuban food for a day. I would love to do that. I would like a Cuban sandwich right in front of me. Hey, they do it at like uh, the Elks clubs. They have Polish nights and they have Italian yeah, nights yeah. and all that, and German yeah. nights and yeah. things like that. Let's uh, let's do that. Let's I do think it's a great idea. Every day of the week, should we be should be different. eating meals on this show every single hour. You know what? I would like people. Uh, you give me uh, your best. <laughs> no, no, no. You can just you can just send me an email. Yeah. Just send me an email. Steve at rock102.com. dot com. Send me your your favorite uh, cultural dish. Okay. Whether you, whether you're Jewish, you're Polish, you're German, whatever, whatever, wherever you come from, whatever, whatever culture you come from. Right. Give me the best recipe that you know. And you're and gonna I'll, make it. I'll start making them. Okay. Bring them in. Yeah. Let's do it. You don't have to cook me anything. I just want you to just give me the recipe for it, or suggest something that I could find a recipe for yeah. that I could cook. I think we're on to something here. You know, like uh, like one thing I would love to have that I have not had in years, French meat pie. Ooh, I love good French meat pie. French meat pie. It's not even French. It's, it's more like a like a French-Canadian thing. Oh. It's comfort food. Yeah. But it's, ooh, it's good. Oh, it's so Is good. Is it like a shepherd's pie? No, it's actually like a pie with 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 meat but like and potato inside. It's really good. Isn't that what a shepherd's pie is? 
No, no, it doesn't. Because the shepherd's pie would have like potato like as the as the top crust. This one's got a top crust, hmm. flaky, delicious top crust. Much different. I like meat pie. I like meat pie too. Well, we'll have to try it out. Your yep. Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of thirty-seven. Tomorrow, more of the same. It's thirty-one right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock One Hundred Two. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it's official. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 849 and Queen with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Mostly sunny today with a high of 37. It's 31 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, the South End Community Center does not shut down for no holiday, <laughs> no nothing. Executive Director uh, Wesley Jackson is in the studio. It's good to see you. Good to see you as well. Thank you for having me. No problem. Your Hall of Fame well, career and, and, and show. I just want to say congratulations on that. And <laughs> thank you for having us on your platform. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Don't uh, don't feed into his. Yeah, <laughs> please, please don't. Do Listen, that. I, my, my ego's been fueled quite mm-hmm. enough in the last uh, six months. I uh, think it's well we're good. Well, thank you. Thank you, Wesley. So you guys are uh, you guys are busy. You got a lot of things going on during the the holidays. Tell us what's uh, coming up at the uh, the Southland Community Center. We do the the biggest thing coming up is on Wednesday, the twenty first. We are doing our coat drive, toy drive, and vendor fair um, as part of the holiday season. So we're giving away one hundred coats to kids in need um, through our programming. Uh, this was the brain trust of my better half, my fiance Nicole, um, came up with this coat drive. Um, she, you know. It, kind of spawned off of feeling bad for kids coming in who literally don't have a coat and it's freezing outside and she was like what can we do so we came up with this um we've partnered with Allstate Transport who has given us funding to go out and buy coats uh Costco has helped us out and uh Dieter Lutz uh gave us a donation as well to uh fund this um project that we're doing so we're really excited and, and it's very very uh beneficial for our community so, so is it just a hundred coats though, or are you taking donations to so give more? So we're taking money? Co- yeah, we're taking donations to give more. Um we've gotten tons of baby clothes, we've gotten mm-hmm. tons of uh extra coats. Um that was our goal was a hundred, but it has spawned into, <laughs> you know, a ridiculous amount of stuff that we've gotten. So we're trying to give away. Um please give us a call and if you need a coat, you need hat, gloves, mm-hmm. clothes, we kind of got it all right now. But, but some for, people could use two coats though. Uh, that, that's even better. <laughs> but, but just to distinct between you're looking for also physical clothes coat donations Correct. on top of monetary Absolutely. donations. Absolutely. Well. We're okay. we're looking for everything. So if you st- if you got some, you know, un- unwrapped toys, we'll take that as well. Um we'll take coats, we'll take clothes, we'll take hats, gloves. Um, hygiene products. We have a lot of DCF kids, especially in the teen age bracket, mm-hmm. that don't have yeah. one Christmas, but don't also get, you know, your toothpaste, uh, deodorant, stuff like that. And right. we're trying to do a lot for those kids too. We have about thirty of those kids that we need to do. And all these things can be brought down to Marble Street. Absolutely, ninety nine Marble Street, Springfield. You know, it, it's you know, you and I got to know each other a little bit over the over the years, Absolutely. and and I, and I know how busy you are. Yeah. At, uh, at at South End, you guys are doing stuff all the time. Never mind just you know sports leagues that are being you know played in there all the time. Like you know basketball seasons going on at at, at South End, but I mean you you guys do stuff like you know all year long for mm-hmm. for the community. It's actually Absolutely. pretty remarkable what you guys are able to accomplish. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're we're not shutting down for the Christmas season. Um, we actually ramp up, do full day programming from eight to five thirty. We'll have a basketball camp going on as well for kids um, from 5 to 13. Um, we do, like I said, a full-day programming where we have kids from 8 to 5. 
um, just engaging in activities, hands-on activities. Uh, they'll do some academic stuff. Not that that's the you know, greatest thing they want to do, but it is in a fun way. Um, so we, we, we try not to shut down for anything. And you're doing uh, the the holiday fair is uh, open to the public this week, too, Yes, right? it is. Yes, we have a vendor fair as well as part of it. I, I would get killed if I didn't talk about those sponsors. <laughs> so we have Cincy coming by. Uh, somebody is selling pastries, cookies, pillows, a boutique, sneakers, uh, glass, Color Street, chocolates, skincare products so we we got a lot going on anybody needs last minute shopping we we're, we're the one top stop shop for will, that too. will, yeah. there, will yeah. there be an appearance by wesley claus uh no <laughs> <laughs> you sure? we hope to get santa claus there last year uh, uh senator gomez was nice enough to do that so maybe a little surprise this year <laughs> See, I'm, the, I'm the last minute shopping guy i'm gonna need to have to stop by here uh, four to nine on wednesday yeah, come on by uh, because, uh, <laughs> I, i'm like i'm like you know oh should i order stuff on amazon and you realize i ain't gonna get here before not Christmas. on time <laughs> <laughs> might as well go and help out the uh, local organization absolutely uh, for a great cause. All, all local entrepreneurs that are coming in and, and you know we want to give our kids we, we try to make everything have a little bit of an educational twist to it so they get to see people who are in their community that are selling their, you know, whatever products or ideas that they have. Um, we want the kids to meet them and have a little discussion with them as well. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize the kind of facility that's being run over there, and yeah. it's that it's not just like a, it, a, it's not like just a small gymnasium and a cafeteria, and that's all you guys got. It, it, it is. It's, a, it's like a world class facility. Yeah, we try to do a little bit of everything. Um, sports is something, you know, I. Athletics in general is the front porch of everything, right? That gets everybody in. But once we get you in, we want to do athletics. We want to do educational stuff with you. We want to just have a character building um, opportunities for for these youth um, that don't get it. Just you know, can't get it at school or can't get it at home. Um, make them a well-rounded individual. That's what we're trying to do. Very cool. Very yeah. good. Thank All you. Right. Wesley Jackson of the South End Community Center. It's always great to see you. Always. Have Thank a good you, holiday. You too. You bet. It's uh, 8.55 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. How cold is it out?